is going on everybody welcome back to the frantic thoughts podcast a video game and entertainment podcast told from a very specific perspective and whose perspective is that you might ask it is i frantic also known as josh a little weirdo that has a lot of obsessions and uh loves video games and media and loves to share his love with you guys and i'm talking about myself in the third person now which is really weird and i did not mean to go into that but here we are we're here adjust my mic just a hair here let's do that Ooh, ooh. i think that's better Ooh, here we are right here right on top of the mic so 2019 ended i didn't post an episode this is going to be my 2019 uh game of the year podcast so usually each year last few years i've been doing a video so personally i love making the videos but they're very time intensive and um it's just been one of those years (laughs) that like a whole entire year i haven't been able to do like stuff that takes like super long um i usually try to put a few hours into the videos and like really go in and edit and record footage and all that and last year i actually didn't do that i used trailers and i'm like dude do i want to actually do that again no let's just let's just sit down and chat about some video games i liked last year last year i didn't have a ton of money either so i didn't play every single huge game that came out and every single game that I actually wanted to play so that's just like kind of like a preface before we jump into the list here and I do have a list in front of me actually I was at work today and I had a lunch break and I typed it all up and now I'm hitting my mic stand and I was like you know what as soon as I get home I'm gonna strip down to my underwear what well, underwear and undershirt I'm gonna have a crack open a beer and I'm gonna do a podcast and we're just gonna go with it so that's what we're here doing today. <laughs> I'm in my undershirt and underwear. So you can paint that picture. You can't see me. It's not very attractive, but hey, it is what it is. I'm relaxed. So first thing I figured I would do is some rapid fire honorable mentions for the year. Some games that either I didn't play a lot of or didn't quite make my top 10 and I did actually make a ranked top 10 list and when it comes for me making a ranked list it could change at a moment's notice because I'm so uh, I, I make my mind up very fast but I'm so indecisive in the long run I'll just keep changing my mind over and over again but I made this list I've read it a few times and I was happy with it this is kind of where I'm at but honestly if I have this on my top 10 these are all highly recommended games so before we jump into that specific list let's go ahead and do my rapid fire honorable mentions for the 2019 video game what is it what do i usually call this frantic's favorite video games of 2019 honorable mentions rapid fire here we go First off, we got Apex Legends that comes from Respawn Entertainment. It dropped out of nowhere this crazy, awesome battle royale game that is kind of combined with the hero shooter, not unlike Team Fortress 2 or Overwatch. You have different teams 
that you can form together with different powers, different characters that have different powers that can work together and, you know, destroy all the other teams inside this map with a ring that closes and all of the battle royale flare it's a lot of fun it plays very good which you come to expect from respawn entertainment they made call of duty 4 originally or at least the original creators and then they came and they made titanfall 1 and 2 and then they made apex legend which is you know that same exact universe as titanfall and it's just a lot of fun it's a really cool game i've probably put i don't even know like maybe just 30 rounds into this game so some people might be like that's not that much but you know five hours give or take maybe eight hours at the most i didn't really time myself but i had a lot of fun every time i jumped in there and i still haven't gotten a win i had a very harrowing moment where i was team number two and it was me and another guy the the third teammate had completely died we couldn't respawn him because the respawn beacon was outside of the circle and we happened to be against a team of three and it was me and the other guy and we killed two of the other team that was left of the three because it's team of threes obviously and we almost won and it was like the closest i got and it was like an adrenaline adrenaline rush oh my god you know it's a really cool game and i usually just play the robot pathfinder robot guy and he does like a like a zip line i usually play him i i i just kind of like his move set and his abilities um but yeah that was Apex Legends, another one. It's not very rapid fire, is it? Eh, I guess not. Maybe maybe it is. Uh, another one is My Friend Pedro, which almost made my list. It was, this one was very close to making my list. And it is a side-scrolling, flippy-dippy... Flippy-dippy. Uh, it's a 2.5D action game where you're trying to get through these different uh, scenarios in these stages, getting through these stages by killing these characters, uh, with really cool, like, acrobatic moves, and kind of slow down time, it has a very, like, surreal feel to it, uh, it has a lot of, like, little hints and nods and jokes in it, and it's just a really fun game, uh, you have this sentient banana that basically tells you to do all this stuff eggs you on and do all these crazy things and it was just a fun game it's like five hours long maybe four hours something like that go in there and you can kick some ass and it's just a blast it's a really fun shooter like side-scrolling shooter game and it has a really cool motorcycle segment which is also in one of my favorite games of the year um it's been a good year for motorcycle chase seg segments anyway my friend pedro highly recommended it's on game pass currently as of this recording so yeah check it out if you haven't already another one i would recommend highly is this one was like number eight or nine until i started realizing like oh my god there's so many actually a decent amount of games i played this year it is called ape out yes i've talked about this game before i'm sure on the show maybe like in the middle of the year last year but you're this giant gorilla and there's multiple stages it kind of plays like hotline miami has like this very like interesting art style it's kind of like a very simple color palette very simple graphics top down of course like hotline man i mean you're just this gorilla that has to get out and you can kill the guys you can grab them grab the grab them and use the guns that they're holding to kill the other guy and you have to get through a bunch of shit and it's just wacky and crazy um has a really interesting sound track like basically any move you make in, in the game there's like these jazz drums 
that come in they're like doom, 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 as you're running and stuff and killing people it's freaking insane uh very visceral very hotline hotline miami-esque and i hit my mic stand again i apologize man this this is i i i'm losing my podcast wheels like i i'm put i need to put the training wheels back on because i cannot you say they say you remember how to ride a bicycle but you don't remember how to podcast bicycle uh, okay that was bad anyway <laughs> what well, i don't know what i was saying there go play ape out if you haven't already i know it was free on the epic game store not too long ago so hopefully some people picked that up when it was free if not it's very cheap and it's a very fun little crazy like it's another short game it's like three to four hours and it's just a blast and it, it gets pretty difficult because the stages will change each time you die so if you die and you go back to the stage it's not going to be the same exact layout they actually have some random number generator random level generator stuff going on in there some procogen if you want to be a procedurally generated guy anyway cool game i really like the music like i said it's like generated as you play and it goes along with everything you do and it's just it's just a really cool game awesome style one of the best styles uh of the year honestly and we have a game i didn't get too far into but i want to play more of that's why it's on my honorable mention is concrete genie uh basically there's like this kid and this paintbrush magical paintbrush and you can paint these walls and make them beautiful and it's kind of like this exploration game where you're trying to make the walls beautiful and uh, take your old town that you have fond memories of and make gorgeous through the the beauty of painting walls with like these like basically you paint the walls and there's like creatures that come out and then there's like different things they can do for you in puzzles and stuff. Uh, I probably only played three or four hours of this one and it's definitely one I want to go back to but it didn't make my list because I feel like I can't make a huge judgment on it because I haven't finished it yet but I wanted to mention it because I feel like it hasn't been mentioned too much this year and yeah Concrete Genie is a badass game I, I, I like it so far I'm definitely going to go back to it it's definitely on my backlog to finish up this year and last but not least for these supposed quickfire honorable mentions is Crash Team Racing Nitro Field which honestly I thought would make my list this year but like I said, I played a decent amount, and some other stuff just edged it out. But it's one of the best car racing games I have ever played. It has a different move set than Mario Kart. It's not Mario Kart with crash a crash skin. It is Mar it's Mario Kart in a different light. There's different ways to control this. Uh, when you go around a corner, you have like a boost gauge, and you can wait till the boost gauge gets full and then you hit like your skid and you get a little boost and there's like like a lot of really cool secrets a lot of really fun character designs really great level layouts like all the stages have like just it's beautiful too they really reimagined this because of course it's a re reimagining from the playstation one it's not really a remaster they actually completely remade it from the ground up like they did with the crash insane trilogy they just took the racing game and did the same exact thing and it's just beautiful uh, they added Spyro in there. They, they keep adding stuff to it throughout the year. And I, I've played this a lot with Sierra, just like a multiplayer. And honestly, she plays this game a lot more than me. So she usually she kicks my ass because, you know, I'm kind of uh, not up to snuff. And she plays it constantly, like enough to unlock all of the crazy battle pass stuff, you know, 
that they have now in the game because they added like this whole like progression system per seasons and then they have maps that are coming in and it's it's just a really cool game it's ever evolving and I feel like if you're a fan of Mario Kart you might not like this game because it actually is a little harder than Mario Kart but I feel like it plays so well and I think it's one of the best kart racers out there and it's like stands toe-to-toe -to -toe with like Mario Kart 8 in my view and I think that it's worth worth your time and it's a really fun multiplayer game to play with people unless you play against Sierra my fiance she will kick your ass she's amazing and she's just too fucking good at this game. And I'm just like, okay, I can't, I can't play with you too many times. Because I very rarely win. And when I do, I feel like a fucking a badass. Like, I feel amazing. Because, like, she is so freaking good at this game. And I, I give her props for that. Because she's played it a lot. She's just, like, mastered it. So, yeah. That's going to be my honorable mentions for 2019. Bunch of games I highly recommend but didn't quite make my top 10 ranked list. And I was surprised I was gonna do it ranked at first. I wasn't gonna rank these games, but now I'm here. I ranked them. This is set in stone. This is set in history for my favorite games of 2019. We're gonna start with number 10. My number 10 is Untitled Goose Game. So this game became kind of a meme. The character became kind of a meme throughout the year. The, the goose, the asshole goose simulator game. And uh, that's pretty much what this game is. Like when all, when all is said and done. You're uh, a goose that has a checklist of mischievous and evil things that you have to do to the civilians of this small English town and basically you go through and you're just a dick to people like there's this kid he has glasses you make him fall over you grab his freaking glasses and then you switch it out with other glasses and then he's stuck with them he has a toy plane <laughs> and you take the toy plane to the shop and then he had he goes to the shop he has to rebuy his toy bag because you're such an asshole goose you just these simple nice people you're going through, and uh, if, the, if this game actually wasn't untitled, might as well just call it The Asshole Goose, or The Bastard Goose, because this goose just likes to fuck with people, and that's what this game is. It's a chaos simulator, and of course, it's just silly. Uh, there's no loose state, I don't think, like, really in the game. You just kind of have to keep trying stuff until you figure out, like, how to complete the checklist, and some of the checklists items the reason it's number 10 it's not higher on my list is i think that some of the checklist items are a little like uh, a little bit of a stretch like you have to like put all these items in this basket and if the people see the basket the items are out of place they have to they'll, they'll go over there and grab the items and it's kind of just it gets a little frustrating and tedious to actually completely fill out the checklist every single time in my personal opinion but besides that i do think that the charm and the humor and the art style and the music has like classic like uh, i don't know like 
I guess 1920s piano or something like some kind of like old school cartoon sounding piano on the background. It's just very charming. It's a lovable game and it's a lot of fun to play. Um, just a little like gameplay things that kind of like nagged at me a little bit that didn't quite make it get further along on my list. But I had to include it in my top 10 because I just thought it was so charming and it's worth your time to check out if you haven't already. And that one is on Game Pass as of this recording as well. And um, if you have an Xbox, I would check it out. On Switch, it's like 15 bucks, <laughs> Easily worth $15 if you have the means to play it. So next up we got number nine. Number nine is Borderlands 3. This one I actually thought would be higher on my list as well this year, but I didn't absolutely fall in love with this title as much as I thought it would. Like, originally I thought, oh, I loved Borderlands 2. I couldn't get enough of it when I played it, you know? The first two Borderlands, I was just hooked, you know, into them. This one comes out and it was more Borderlands, and that's not a bad thing. It's a fun, dumb shooter with silly humor, some irreverent humor. I almost said irrelevant. That wouldn't have made sense. Uh, irreverent humor and, you know, just that zany attitude that Borderlands always had. Great gunplay, really interesting loot system, but um, this this time it just it, it didn't really stick with me quite as much as the other two entries. But that's not a bad thing because I still had a lot of fun with this game. It's a really fun game. Just go in, mindlessly shoot some bandits, you know, drive some crazy, you know, wheel. It's like a giant wheel motorcycle thing. Blow up some dudes, you know, shoot a giant rocket launcher. And I had the character I chose was Flack and he has like a little, you know, companion creature there's like four four or five different ones you can pick from there's like one that rains acid and stuff so you can like shoot him out there he'll like rain acid on people and bite the hell out of them you come up with a shotgun and pump lead into the bad guy it's a lot of fun when it comes to the gameplay it's just a, a good mindless game and the thing about the loot in this one is i feel like they changed loot in a way where the loot tables are really noticeable so you'd be like playing the game you pick up this very specific weapon and you're like, okay, I've already had this weapon three or four times. A little different, but it feels so much like this other weapon I just used three hours ago. And that started to crop up the more I played. And I feel like when I played Borderlands 2, like every single weapon I picked up was like, oh my god, this one's so cool. This one does this. This one does that. But for some reason, when I was playing this one, maybe it's me becoming more familiar with loot games in general. But... I was just looking at it and I was like, dude, I don't know. Like it 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 didn't have the variety I was looking for in a Borderlands as much as the other two in the series gave me back in the day. But honestly, it's been so long since I played those. Maybe when I if I went back and actually tried those out, I would feel the same way, you know. Maybe my tastes have changed a little bit. But I I do sound pretty negative on this game, but it's just a fun game to play. Uh the humor is a little cringy little corny but i expect that from borderlands i mean i don't expect anything more i know some journalists were complaining about it like oh it's so stupid whatever this that's the point the game is stupid it's it's a dumb game like it's not like high art i don't think it's just go in hear some crazy stupid jokes 
You have a cheeseburger gun. You're blasting some robots. Why not? You know, it's just fun in that particular way. And I think people wanted a little bit more depth when it came to the jokes. But I'm just here like, hey, it's juvenile. It's stupid. And it's fun as hell. So... I had a blast playing Borderlands 3, and I definitely need to play some more of it. I think I'm only like 20 hours in, and it's a long game. Like, this game goes and goes, but it's it's still a good time. And I can't wait to play some more of it when I just feel like that dumb shooter action. And, yeah, it's on my backlog this year, personally, to completely beat. But I felt comfortable putting it in the number 9 slot for 2019. So we're going to jump into number 8. That was a weird inflection on that. Number eight is Kind Words. Some may say this is not a video game, but I will argue yes it is. And it's one of the most unique and interesting and, you know, mind-changing games I've played this year from a multiplayer standpoint. This, this changed the way I think about multiplayer video games as a platform in general. So let me go ahead and describe this game. I think I recently described it on the podcast, but we'll go ahead and jump in and talk about it a little bit here. Kind Words is a very simple premise. You're a character in a room. You write notes to people about your life, whatever. You can share as much as you want. It's anonymous. And then that letter goes out into the interwebs, and then people can respond to it. And then you can go to your inbox and look at other letters people have sent out into the world and respond to it as well. And this movie, and this movie, this game touched me so much. Like, it really made me think about things. Like, it's one of the best multiplayer games I've ever played. And it's not because I'm in this room and there's a million people in there. It's just a nice way to interact with people. And, of course, like I said, it's anonymous. And it's just, there's so many great stories in there. So many people are just struggling with life. They're like, like I, I went in there recently and there was a guy who said he got, you know, um, just like the shittiest thing happened. He got fired on his birthday. And I was like, dude, that sucks. You know? So he's like, man, I got fired on my birthday. Um, you know, I was going to go in and work and I came in and I got fired on my birthday. I've been working at this place for seven years years 17 16 years something like that and blah 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 it's, it, this new management and they let me go and it was on my birthday everybody brought me a cake and it was supposed to be a happy day and I got fired so I'm like okay I go in there and I type him a little message I'm like dude keep your chin up everything's gonna bet gonna get better blah 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 and I send that out into the world and he reads it and then he sends me a sticker and I know it's a little thing but he sends me a sticker and the sticker basically will give you new decorations for your little like cubicle house. Like this is like, like a little tiny, uh, room that you're in writing letters and stuff. And the stickers give you more decorations and you just kind of deck out your little room and you're more nice, nice to more people They gave you more stickers. You decorate your room a little bit more. There's lo-fi music playing in the background. It's nice and chill. 
and the art style is just very simple and clean and just it's just relaxing game for me um i am somebody who likes to talk about mental health and who likes to you know put forward when he is when i'm not feeling great you know i'll i'll reach out to people and this is a really nice way for people to do that and honestly i went in there you would expect it's it's an anonymous platform people put out could have put out racial slurs they can put out die motherfucker you know they can do anything like that they could do that if they want to but they don't every single message i read read in there is positive or they have something to say or ask about movies like they one of them was like what's your favorite movie you know just tell me about your favorite movie reach out to me and then people will respond to you and it's just a really nice and chill little experience i know i know me saying that this is a video game it's kind of a cop-out maybe a little bit it's not very high on my list but I, I do i do think it's a game like it's just something completely different that i've never experienced before and i think that me not talking about it now and including it on this list will do a disservice to it because i think that it just kind of changed the way i looked at like multiplayer spaces in video games which is a very interesting thing and made me put myself out there a little bit more when it comes to that stuff even though here on this show i'll ramble and talk about whatever but you know it was nice to get on there and it's a little cathartic thing and just chill and relax kind of cleared my mind a little bit and i just loved it it's it's worth your time to check it out it's only on pc currently i think it's only a few bucks like three or four bucks uh go in there and just write some nice letters to some people why not <laughs> that wraps up that entry and my top 10 list here we got number let me let me do the voice numbers that's not really a voice it's like number seven no i still failed but here we go number seven is a little action game called katana zero and this game blew me away when i played it it is another devolver digital game similar to ape out ape out was a devolver game as well i think my my name is pedro was as well uh i, I do like devolver digital they put out some really interesting and unique games uh they publish them of course and this one is so let me, let me try to describe this this game's cool it's a side scroller as well really nice and unique pixel art i really like the look of it um you're this retired army vet basically and he had experimental drug trials for this time manipulation drug and it goes into like some crazy territory from like trippy mind stuff um it has a cool mechanic in it though that i think is pretty cool so you're talking to different people you visit your therapist and there is a way to cancel out of any of the convert conversation trees that you talk to people with so if you go up to somebody like how are you today you have like three choices and there's like a little timer you know you have to pick a choice it's like i'm doing good i'm doing like sh i'm doing shitty and then don't you know in conversation and you can end the conversation like that every single time you can just end it right away and so minor spoiler for the game but it's kind of it's very early on so there's this character in the lobby to this hotel 
and you're like this ninja dude and you're kind of wearing like this bathrobe looking outfit and you have a sword she's like hey what are you doing are you cosplaying you can be like no I'm not cosplaying you know blah 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 or you can be like yes I'm cosplaying this specific character and you have like this whole conversation tree or you can literally just say no response and walk right by her and then after you do the entire level you have to come back out through the entrance and the way uh, you know the what is it receptionist I can think of the name of receptionist for some reason it just escaped me but she's sitting there and then a cop comes in and if you talk to her earlier in the stage you told her that hey I'm a cosplayer she'd be like oh no it's fine he's a cosplayer but if you don't say anything he'd be like she'd be like I don't know he was kind of weird and mysterious he didn't want to talk to me and then you have to fight the cops so your conversation trees actually matter and that's kind of an interesting thing and I never seen a game where you can just stop talking I, I guess I guess different games have that but I just thought it was a really cool way to do it and it does have implications for the storyline and so I didn't really talk about the main gameplay hook in this game so like I said he he got experimented on with this time traveling drug so you have the ability to slow down time and like ricochet bullets back with your blade because you have a blade um, you have like a slash attack uh, you have it's basically basically the main mechanic is the uh, slow-mo mechanic and you get it gets a little more crazy as you go through I won't spoil all the cool powers you get but um, this one also has that awesome motorcycle chase as well motorcycle chases is a 2019 indie game thing maybe it's just, just a devolver digital thing I don't know but it's just a fast and frenetic like action game so basically it's kind of it's kind of reminds me of Hotline Miami 2 because you go into the room and then you have to make your way through these stages by using your various time powers and your sword and each character has their own specific weakness each of the villains in there you know different goons and stuff you have to fight some robots and stuff and you if you die it's like a one hit kill and then you have to start that stage over again that's why it reminds me so much of Hotline Miami so it's like basically what it'll show is like okay so this is him thinking this out in his mind and using his time travel to his advantage so basically if you die and die and die and die and die you know he is doing all this and then he'll come back to life it's it's a weird mechanic basically the storyline is connected to the gameplay in such a weird way so basically when he dies he travels back before he died so that's like an explanation to for the reason why you keep coming back every time he dies so basically you're respawning and it has like a story and lore element to it which is kind of interesting and so after he kills everybody and he gets to the end of the stage you'll see like a security camera footage of like what he actually does in the current timeline crazy right it's weird and wacky and just insane and it goes into slime like he starts tripping out. There's like some flashbacks to the war and all this crazy shit goes on. And it's just like a really cool storyline. Very captivating, creepy, interesting. And just it's one of those games that really have stuck with me like throughout the entire year. And I've went back and played a couple stages here and there because I just love the soundtrack. I love the feel of the gameplay. It plays so well. Um, one of the best playing, one of the best looking 2D games of the year. And... I highly, highly recommend it, and it has a great story, too, so check it out, Katana Zero. That was my number seven. Next up, we have a game 
that I haven't finished yet, and I'm currently playing my number six. Six, six. My number six is Jedi Fallen Order. And honestly, if I am 100% honest with you right now, this could easily be my game of the year. But I am not complete, not completely done with this game. So I did not feel good enough to put it higher than this on my list. I was like, this cannot, this has to make my list, but it cannot make my top half because I do not know how it resolves. I'm only like 10, maybe 12 hours into the game. I'm loving it so far. It's such, you're, you're in Star Wars, you're a Jedi. I feel like a badass in this game. Like I love the the combat system. It's definitely a Souls-like combat system. Um, I'm not the biggest Souls fan because I do not love the mechanic of dying and having to repeat sections over and over again. This game does have that on a lot more forgiving level. There are stages that have frustrated me where I'm like, damn, I have to go kill all these guys over and over again or whatever. <laughs> and it's a little frustrating but you know it's beautiful it's one of the best looking games i've seen in a long time from an environmental storytelling aspect like if you look and you go to the each of these different worlds in this star wars universe you feel like you're there you yeah it has linear elements to it of course you go through the stages in linear ways but there are different areas where you can explore and unlock secrets and find different things and fight optional bosses and stuff and that's really cool um, I love the lighting, I love the gameplay, I love the characters. See, this is why it probably would rank a little bit higher on my list. It might be number one, might be number two, if I had completed it, but I haven't. But I had to include it on my list because I am just falling in love with this game more and more as I get further in and deeper into the story. And I think the main character, Cal, is awesome. I think BD1 is a great little droid companion. I like Seer. I like Greasy Money. Grease, or Greasy, or Grease, or however you say his name. He's awesome. I just love the voice acting. Um, it is buggy. People have talked about it. I'm sure you've heard it a million times. It has bugs in it. I have glitched through walls a couple times. I have got stuck in areas a couple times, and... That is still pretty pretty prevalent in the story and the game, but it doesn't hurt the overall like feel of the game and the just the feeling of being a Star Wars Jedi. You really do feel like one, and I love it for that. And I can't wait to see how it wraps up. And I'm probably gonna regret putting it this low on the list later on. And once I beat the game, I know I'm gonna regret it. And you'll see me on Twitter saying, "Hey, I wish I would have put that number one," but that's okay. <laughs> but I love this game to death. Uh, of course, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. You guys know that. And yeah, some of the best Star Wars video game ever. Like in my opinion, I, there's a lot of great Star Wars games out there. KOTOR and stuff. I've never played KOTOR. I know that's excellent. But for me, this is my, one of my favorite Star Wars games, if not my favorite so far. So that's a high bar for me. And um, it's doing the same thing that Star uh, Spider-Man did for me last year, where it's just like capturing me. Like I cannot stop playing it. It's like 
it prevails it like seeps into me like i gotta go back and i gotta be in this world and i just so locked in when i play like hours just melt away so you know that game is just captivating me so much so like i said i'm probably gonna regret putting it at number six but my number six is jedi fallen order and i just i just love it so um from here forward all these games are excellent and uh must plays obviously because I just sung the praises of this one to the skies and heavens. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go into my number five game of 2019. <laughs> My number five this year, or last year now, my 2019 pick for number five game of the year is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And then some people are like rolling their eyes right now, and other people are like, okay, yeah, I get it. So let me explain why this one is placed where it is and why I like it so much. Um, Call of Duty is my guilty pleasure game. I know it's very similar every year. There is a lot of differences if you play every single title and you play get into the multiplayer and you deep dive into the multiplayer there is a ton of differences every single year but there is a lot of recycled content as well especially when it comes to maps because they have put like original call of duty modern warfare call of duty 4 modern warfare maps into call of duty modern warfare right now so it's just like yeah um so that's the negatives that the, the uh, loot boxes are not too crazy there's no loot boxes in this game they have a battle pass and I appreciate that but if you really want to get into this game you've got to get into this game to get through that battle pass and unlock the weapons but I do love the fact that it's not random loot boxes so that's a big plus for me they started like three or four years ago doing these loot boxes that I had I spent when I had Black Ops 3, I spent probably over $150 on loot boxes on that game. I was like addicted to it and I wanted to get the good gun. And that was over the course of a year. So at least over $100. I'm maybe not quite $150, but it was a lot. And I really just, it really just soured me on the game after a while because I would put buy like a $10 box here and there, hopefully getting something good and I would never get anything good uh, because it's a random roll. And then this year they got rid of that and they updated the engine. The engine has needed an update for years. They had used the same Call of Duty engine. They used engine and tech from Quake. Like, that's how far back it goes. So, ever since Call of Duty 2, they used the same engine. Then they just added more onto it, more onto it, more onto it. And then now they revamped everything. The graphics look, I would say, like, considerably better. Like, ten times better than the other Call of Duty games. The lighting engine is just some of the best lighting you're ever going to see. The facial capture is fucking just ridiculous. The gunplay, the gun sound, everything about this game is just state-of-the-art. Of course, they got billions of dollars to put into this game. You know, they, they're going to make billions of dollars on this game. They're, maybe not billions, but they're going to make some They're going to make some cash. You know, so they put a lot of time and effort into this game. Um, 
and it really shows. There's some really creative game modes too, like they have the gunfight gunfight mode where you start two versus two on the side of the map, and there's six rounds, and you got to survive. It's so fun. I've talked about that before. I love that mode. They recently added gun game. They have like which is basically you get a kill and you switch to another gun until you get like the least powerful gun, aka a knife, and you have to kill and win, you know, 20 rounds of that, which is fun. I love that mode. I'm pretty badass at it, if I should say so myself. Um, It's just one of those games that's top of the line, and I love a really cool multiplayer game. Um, I like digging, digging, dicking. I literally just said dicking. I'm just going to move forward. I love digging <laughs> into the multiplayer. I love going in, digging into the multiplayer. Oh God, I'm dumb sometimes. Um, it, 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 was a, it was a slip of the tongue. <laughs> uh, I, I love digging into it. I, I love trying new guns, new attachments. They have like this new attachment system where you can do up to like six or seven attachments on each gun. Uh, make it your own, a new camo on there, you can grind your camos up, like you get enough kills, enough headshots and stuff, you grind your camos up, get better camos on your weapons, and then you get your favorite weapon with your favorite attachment, and then your favorite perk that goes along with it, that makes you run faster, or makes you invisible to radar, and then you can pick a different kill streak, and then you pick a different um, field reward, and it's just really addicting, and I have a good time playing it. There is some issues with some of the maps. Some of the maps are very camper friendly. But if you start to learn the ins and outs of them, you kind of adapt to that. You kind of learn where to go and what area to avoid or how to get around the camper areas, you know, of the map. That's going to happen in a lot of games. This game does have some kind of wacky map design when it comes to, like, hiding spots. But I do love the multiplayer. Uh, I never beat the campaign, but I do love the cinematic storytelling I've played in the campaign. Um... I played probably four hours, maybe that's probably about half of it, and I really was engaged with the storyline, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to jump into the multiplayer, let's try this out, and I got hooked on that, and just I just played way too much of it, and yeah, so, Modern Warfare, guys, um, I'm a Call of Duty fan, I've been for years and years, and this one just hit me. Uh, last couple years, last few years, there have been a lot of issues with the series for me, and this one just like has that. It just, it just perfectly aligned with my with how I would like a Call of Duty to be in the modern era. And what more can I ask from a series that apparently is like the highest selling game series in America, basically, besides like Rockstar Games, which is crazy. But yeah, I'm part of the problem, I guess, when it comes to that. Nah, I have fun with it. I know it's a dumb shooter, but like I said, I do like to dive into the tactics and just just dive into a multiplayer setting and learn all the ins and outs of the little intricacies and stuff. And it's a very good game to pop on for like 20 minutes and play a couple matches and just pop off. It's very good for that. So Modern Warfare, my number five. We're getting to the hot and heavy part of the list here. We're going to go into my number Okay. (laughs) 
my number four game of 2019 was and is Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, this one's probably pretty obvious for most people and most people might actually think this would be a little higher for me. There are some issues with this game when it comes down to it. The story is kind of back, uh, Back-ended? It's not front-ended. Like, it's not... this. All the story is basically in the last, like, fourth of the game. There's not very much storyline going through it. There's, like, little hints at it here and there. So, leading up to this game, which I've talked about all of the Kingdom Hearts games because over the course of this podcast, you know, I had played through the entire series and I was talking about them as I went through them. And I played every game. Um, didn't be- beat every single one of them. Um, but... I got the story and I kind of like immersed myself into Kingdom Hearts. Um, really enjoyed like Dream Drop Distance. Like I thought that game was fun as hell. I had a good time with 2. I think Kingdom Hearts 2 is probably the strongest Kingdom Hearts still. Uh, jumping into this one, I had a high ex- expectation. You know, I, I actually helped make like a lore podcast on the Cartridge Club feed, a Cartridge Club Extra, like all the lore from all the old games. And I had like a, this like high expectation for the story. Not the Disney stuff, the actual Kingdom Hearts story going forward. I wanted to see where everything went. And that was probably the most disappointing part of this this game. They do wrap up a lot of stuff. There's a lot of really hype moments in this game. Um, but it's just like, it's just all at the back half of the game. Like, I wish it was kind of more interspersed throughout the series, this entire game. I know this all sounds negative so far. I'm just getting that part done and over with because there's a lot of positive stuff to this game. So that was my main issue, you know, like, I wanted to see where all of these people that I've come to know and love end up. Like, I love all these characters. They're all very... <sighs> I mean, I won't, I'm not going to say Kingdom Hearts has, like, the most deep characterization or the most deep characters ever. But I've come to just have this huge fondness and, you know, uh, attachment to these characters. I really care about what their storyline and what the through line is going to be. It's very convoluted. It's very all over the place. The acting is not great. You know, the voice acting, it's not amazing. But it has its own special type of charm that I just kind of just fell in love with. And I love the series to death. This game didn't ruin that. I still have a good time with Kingdom Hearts. And this game plays really well. I think it's the best playing Kingdom Hearts game. I think it's the best looking Kingdom Hearts game. It has the best, you know, combination of attacks. I feel like... It might have been a little easy, but I didn't play it on a hard mode. I'm sure if I played it on a harder mode, um, it would have been harder. I feel like I could have just like slapped my way through it. I felt like I leveled up so easily and fast that it was really easy at the end in the boss battles. You know, I actually didn't have any trouble. Um, there are some of the games in the series that I was struggling, like Dream Drop Distance is a good example. Like I had to fight that last boss battle like 10 times before I beat him, you know? And Kingdom Hearts 2, um, you fight, who do you fight? Roxas? You fight Roxas and in like this like, you know, inside your heart, I guess. (laughs) And I died a lot doing that. I'd probably die like 30, 40 times trying to fight him in that uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.5. And yeah, I I just thought this game was cool. Like I I love the art style. I love going to Pixar worlds. I feel like that those are the some of the best stages in kingdom hearts history like we got monsters inc it was so unique and creative and just 
you know, it just, it was a fun stage to be in and be in that world. And you got Toy Story, dude, uh, going to Toy Story and just seeing it. I was playing a Pixar movie. I was in a Pixar movie and it looked just like, you know, Toy Story, maybe, maybe not Toy Story four or three. It looked like Toy Story 2. It looked like I was in Toy Story 2 world, like graphically. And because it's not quite that perfectly detailed yet, but it was so beautiful. And they do like a lot of cool tricks with the lighting and stuff. And I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm fighting in Andy's room. I'm fighting on the lawn of Andy's house. And then I'm on this like really crazy cool toy, uh, toy store fighting all these crazy robots, attacking stuff with robots. And it's just so fun. And then... Big Hero 6 was like this giant city that you had to fight in. Um, I think that stage might have been the weakest of all of them, but I did love the setting of it. Um, then you get to play through the entire story of Tangled, and you get to play through all of Frozen, which eh, is kind of like, eh, because you, you literally have to sit through Let It Go. It's Let It Go, and then they have, like, uh, <laughs> it's Let It Go, and then they have Sora, Donald, and Goofy on the, on the side going, huh? Ooh, <laughs> watching her sing let it go and it's just ridiculous uh, it's it has comedy and, when, and stuff when it comes to that um yeah it's it's a it's a good game guys i just had so much fun with it uh i think the pirates of the caribbean level like if they made a whole entire game over that part i would have a blast with it i know a lot of people didn't like it i thought it was fun as hell i had so much fun bringing that ship around and fighting guys with the ship and stuff I thought it was so fun to level up the ship and just, it was so unique. The art style was like realistic. They like made Donald and Goofy and Sora kind of have like a realistic like look to them. It had like a really awesome and interesting art style. And it was like, it felt like you were in a different world. And I just love Kingdom Hearts because of that. It's just, you, there's some ridiculous things going on. The story doesn't make sense all the time. You kind of figure it out after a while and there's lovable characters. You go to places that you love from Disney movies you love, and this continued that legacy, and I just, I just had a good time with it, I'm really looking forward to the DLC, and yeah, I'm, I just liked it a lot, so it's my number four of the year, Kingdom Hearts, motherfucking three, <laughs> uh, we're gonna go into my top three of the year, so of course I love these games to death, I can't stop thinking about them, I can't stop thinking about them, number three is the next one in my list, so we're going to jump into there, which is I need to stop talking. I need to, like, take a breath. This is my number three. <laughs> my number three might be a little bit surprising or weird to some people unless you follow me on Twitter you know I really like this game this game took me by surprise it's so weird so random it's called what the golf okay let that sit for a minute it's a golf game and my number three of the year I uh, I can't believe it you can't believe it nobody can believe it <laughs> this is what the golf what the golf is a golf game but it is a dad joke at the same time <laughs> A good example is you start the game off one of the very first stages, so it's a very minor spoiler for a really silly physics game, basically. Um, you got to get a hole-in-one. You control a golf ball, and you got to get a hole-in-one. And literally, there's a one on the ground, the number one on the ground, and you have to hit the golf ball into the number one hole. 
Ha, get it? It's a one, that's a hole. Yeah, it's that. This game is that. There's a bunch of puns. There's a bunch of video game references that I will not spoil. They're fun to discover for yourself. Um, you know what? Very minor spoiler. If you want to skip ahead, like 30 seconds, go ahead. But there is a super hot level where you have to do super hot stuff, but you're playing golf. And uh, if you move the golf ball, time moves, and it's that art style. And they basically put super hot into this golf game. And if you listen to that, and that sounds awesome to you, that's this game in a nutshell. And it's freaking fun, funny, like I was laughing the entire time. Um, Welcome back if you skipped the spoilers, by the way. (laughs) Um, Funny, wacky, silly, zany, loop-de-doop-de. That's not a word, is it? But I I just had so much fun with it. I, I literally couldn't put it down when I started playing it. I played it on PC, put it on Epic Game Store, but it's on... Apple Arcade, I think, on phones. And I, I don't have an Apple de- device, so I played it on PC. But uh, I saw this game. I was like, man, this looks right in my alley. I like the silliness of it. And it was just a bucket full of fun. Like, I just had so much fun playing this. I think it's coming to Switch as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a golf game. I'm not a golf game fan. I don't, I don't really like golf games. Like, they're boring, right? But they take this like simple style, like the simple idea of, hey, you're trying to get the the ball in a hole, you know, and then like one of the early stages, you're a golfer right there, right? You think you're going to uh, uh, hit the golf ball with the golf club. And then when you swing back and you do your little like mechanic to swing the, the golf ball, you swing the golfer and you have to get the golfer in the hole. I'm not kidding. Or at least hit the flagpole. And it is like there's a golf, um, there's a couch there sitting there, and your golf ball's on the couch, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna hit the golf ball off the couch and then get it in the hole. You're the couch. They do stuff like that. It, it's it, each level is a kind of a joke. And then the joke, you're like, haha, that's funny. Okay, let's figure out this joke too and actually beat the stage. And it has a really fun boss fight at the end. And each level has multiple. So basically, there's like an overworld that has different stages you can go into. And you can just beat the stage. But if you go back into the golf hole, and I hit my mic stand. It's been it's been almost an hour, and I haven't hit it until right now. And go in the golf hole again after you beat the stage. And there are alternate versions of that stage you can do. And if you complete all this, you get higher percentage, and you unlock more parts of the map. And it's just a ton of fun. And... Like I said, I did everything. I got 100% on this game. If it was on PlayStation, I would have got a platinum trophy. Uh, I wish. I wish. Uh, it doesn't matter that much to me because I got 100%. That's how much I love it. If I, I don't usually play games to 100% completion unless I liked it that much. It's just fun and silly and just brightened my day every single time I played it. And I spent a long time in this game. I, I spent like 16, 17 hours, something like that some crazy amount of time doing all those extra stages and I loved every single minute of it. It, it, There were frustrating parts where I couldn't get past stages, but when I finally figured that stage out, it was so rewarding and it does have some, you know, skill involved. And, uh, I, I just loved it. It's, it's so fun and funny and I highly recommend what the golf, if you haven't tried it out yet, that was my number three for 2019. We're wrapping this up almost. We're on number two 
which might be surprising as well. Number two game of 2019 is a short hike. What's a short hike? You might be asking yourself. This game is a little hard to like nail down exactly how to describe it because it's this very simple premise. But trying to uh, tell you guys how I feel about it and why it means so much to me and why I like it so much is gonna be a little bit of a challenge. But let's go ahead and we'll talk about this game. So basically, you're a girl, a bird. You're a bird, that's, the character's are all animals. It kinda of has an Animal Crossing vibe to it. Uh, it's kind of like a tilt-shift top-down uh, game. And it kinda of has like this 32-bit, uh, 64-bit filter on it. So it has kinda of like this like 64, Nintendo 64 looking vibe to it which I really appreciate, it has a cool look. Uh, very nice and pretty colors. So basically you're a girl and you have a phone call that you need to take and you have no reception in this town, uh, at the base of this mountain in this wilderness. And basically the main goal is to get to the top of this mountain. And how do you do this? You earn power-ups by finding these golden feathers around the map and you get little extra flutters basically that, that you can do with the bird you know, with yourself, the main character. And basically the main part of the game is kind of just going around town and talking to people. There's a lot of people to talk to. They all have different things they want. Some don't, some people just have stories and um, you collect stuff around the map. You help people out with their lives. You race people, you, oh, I, f I lost my watch in the, in the woods and then you help them find the watch. And then there's like lots of little things you can do. There's a fisherman, you can go fishing. And it's kind of just like this very serene and relaxing game that just kind of like put me like like at ease and it's just very peaceful to play. And it's just really re rewarding from that aspect. You kind of just go through the game, you just help people out and uh, have conversations with people. And then slowly but surely build up your boost meter to where you can get to the top of that mountain. And um, it's very moving too when you get up there. And I, I think this game is worth anybody's time. If you have three or four hours to play this game, that's all it's gonna take you. It's a very short experience. Um, but every single second I played it, I just had such a good time. It just relaxed me. It just put me at a, it put, put me like in such a good headspace and it, it's very rare that I get a game that does that for me. You know, it, it kind of gives me that Zen feeling that such a good feeling inside that warmth. It feels very warm, you know, and I just think that it's so high on my list because for me, it's been unforgettable. I cannot stop thinking about this game and then just how happy it made me all the different characters in the game. And I might be overhyping it for some people, but to me, this game just is going to be up there on some of my all-time favorite lists because of the way it made me feel as I played it. So, this little tiny indie game, I highly re recommend you check it out. It's just delightful, it's beautiful to look at, and it's just so relaxing and will 
take your mind off the horribleness of the world, you know, it just makes you feel good, which is something that you don't really experience too often in games. A lot of times in games you go in, you're like, oh, I'm just going to shoot a bunch of guys, you know, in this one, it's all about the chill vibes, man. <laughs> uh, I killed, I killed my point there by saying that, but you know what I'm saying. I highly recommend checking out this game. It's like six bucks, seven bucks, something like that on steam. And I think it's eventually going to come to consoles. Uh, it'll run on a toaster. It's a very low uh, impact game, so any PC should be able to run it, or you know Mac or whatever. Check it out. It's called A Short Hike, and that's my number two game of the year. So uh, we're gonna come down to my number one game of the year. This one has been left out on the list. If you know me, you probably already know what it is. But let's go ahead and jump into what I would consider my favorite game, the best game that I played personally that suits me, that I like the most in 2019, which is my number one game. And if you're wondering, drum roll. That's a really bad drum roll. My number one game of the year is very obvious. If you know me, it is a game that I was so excited for and played so much when it came out. It's a game that is a sequel to another game that I really liked from a few years ago. Go, go, go. There's an echo for some reason now. And... <laughs> My favorite game of the year is Super Mario Maker 2. That's so obvious, probably to a lot of you guys out there. I am a humongous Mario fan. My favorite game of 2017 was Super Mario Odyssey. I grew up on Mario. I love platforming games. Super Mario Maker 1 was my favorite game of 2015. So come on, guys. Five years later, or four years later, four and a half years later, I'm sitting here telling you that... My favorite game of 2019 is Super Mario Maker 2, and that's so obvious, right, for anybody that knows me. But it isn't just a rehash of Super Mario Maker 1, which a lot of people would, from the outside looking in, would say that. For one, the creation tools are a little harder to use in some aspects because... Super Mario Maker 1 was kind of made for the Wii U, if you think about it, because you got the pad there. You can do the touchscreen on it and uh, build your stages like that and play them on the TV that's right in front of you. Here, you have to undock the switch, bring it to you, use your finger on the screen unless you have one of those styluses, which I never used. And um, it's a little more complicated, a little less intuitive as the Wii U version is when it comes to the building. But once you get the hang of it, it's not too bad. It actually works out really well. Uh, they do have cursor aiming, uh, like you can build with like your thumbstick and your A button if you want to. But I choose to use the, the touchscreen. I just had so much fun making stages in this. And they added a lot of really cool elements to it. They added new settings, new styles. Um, they had a 3D world style, which is really cool. I, I really appreciated that. They had, they had a lot of really cool 
uses and stuff and it was kind of a new tile set too it had some stuff that wasn't in the other styles and didn't include some other stuff that was in the other styles it was kind of its own thing in the game which was really cool to experiment with and see what other people would build with it um a big highlight for this game is the little story mode they had which had over 125 stages i think something like that over at least over 100 stages um by nintendo and there were basically you play there's an entire mario game in there if you play through those they're all nintendo made stages they're all expertly crafted great experience like that's at least six seven hours maybe eight hours of your you know time depending how good you are going through and playing all those stages and they're just all really unique and creative and it felt like i was playing a sequel to a mario game like a brand new 2d mario game because it was a nintendo curated experience so right there alone is worth experiencing for your bride you know the price of your money and then you can go into the community and see what the community is making which of course everybody knows mario maker has a lot of trolley and shitty levels that is 100 percent true I do agree agree with that sentiment, but for me, the joy of going in and seeing what other people make and then making similar things or tweaking someone's idea or taking an idea from Nintendo and incorporating it to my own level, making little puzzle boxes and stuff from, for people to figure out, that stuff just tweaks something in my mind that just, I, I can't explain, like, it, it just makes me feel like, like I... A genius a little bit you know like oh man this is like this is so fun to figure out and when you find that stage that has like this really cool concept because everybody knows mario right you're sitting there everybody knows how mario works mario jumps on the goomba's head the goomba's gonna die you jump on the turtle the koopa head you're gonna have, get a turtle shell if you have a fire flower and you shoot it at a uh, you know a bad guy they're gonna die if you have a cape you can do a little swoopy cape thing if you spin on top of a thwomp you can get on top of a thwomp. You know what I mean? You know how Mario looks and acts to the environment and to the items in the world. You know how Mario works. So when somebody takes these different mechanics and makes like this interesting like crazy puzzle box where you got to throw a turtle shell and run down the hallway and jump on a spring at a specific time and hit this note block at a specific time and hit a P-switch at this specific time and do this like cool little puzzle or hey this one looks like this crazy like you know city in the clouds and you have to do this really specific thing to get like this little key to open this door and people just come up some with some of the most elaborate and crazy and interesting and unique things with the tool set of mario and that's what made the first game great and that's what makes this game great and i think the availability of it on switch just increases the number of stages and the number of those moments of brilliance where you see something that you've never seen before or you see something that you've seen before in a new light because some of you decided to spin it on its head and create something just entirely new with this tool set and these mechanics that you know and we all know and love for 30 plus years you know it's just one of those games that just brings out the creativity in me and everybody around it and i think it's worth playing and that's why it's my number one game of the the year one of my favorite games on the switch i think it's, it's i i like it better than breath of the wild i know some people would hate me for saying that i love breath of the wild but this game just tweaks that part of my brain that uh, no other game really does so super mario maker is my game of the year for 2019 
So, thank you guys for listening to my entire list of my favorite games of the year, but this episode isn't over yet. No, it isn't. We're going to do one last section. We're going to talk about some old-ass games that I played in 2019 that I highly recommend that stick out in my brain, and we're just going to do a couple. I have a few listed here, but I'm probably not going to do all these because I talked about them before. But the couple that I really do want to talk about, and I kind of want to just like shout out, is Quicksave Club. Because it has gotten me out of my comfort zone in video games this year, or last year, or including this year right now. And there is one example I can say that is one of my favorite games of all time now, at least in the top 20, 25 of my favorite games, maybe. It'd be up there if I had to rank every game I ever played, which is an impossible task to ask for me specifically because I can never make my mind up because this game of the year list here would probably change if I made it tomorrow because that's just how my brain goes, but it is what it is. So this game would be a game I would avoid like the plague, but it was a quick save club game of the month um, a few months ago and I really loved it. It's Planescape Torment. Uh, it, it has some of the coolest storytelling. Um, did not expect to like a turn-based uh, like RPG D&D thing. I never thought I would like that type of game ever in my entire life. But the storyline and the writing and the characters and the exploration and just discovering this world and figuring... Uh, it, there's just so many layers to this game and I just love how it's written and just I just enjoyed my experience so much. It's just one of the most rich worlds I've ever been in in a video game and one of the most rich stories and one of the best like written stories I've ever had in a game like when it comes down to this, the characters talking and all the different things you can dis- discover in the world I just thought it was excellent game it's 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 one of the best games I've ever played hands down especially when it comes to the storytelling and so I just really appreciated it and um I think quick save club for like getting me into that game so it's that one, for sure. Got me out of my comfort zone. A uh, little more in my comfort zone, but one I never played is Half-Life. I wanted to shout that out as well. I really loved playing Half-Life 1 for the first time because I loved the sequel, but never played the original. And I finally did. And that game was pretty cool. Cool shooter. <laughs> I know, that's not that's not very... Uh, I, I'm not explaining it well. My throat's kind of like messing up, I guess, or something. Um... <clears throat> Half-Life. I do really enjoy it. I thought the gameplay was really well done. I enjoyed the setting, the storytelling, and it's just one of the best shooters I've ever played. So, I mean, no big deal, right? Uh, Let's see. What else did I have written down here? (laughs) Uh, Monkey Island, which would be the last one I wanted to shout out, which I did the episode with them, and the Q-Dogs were on that one. Really cool, made me really appreciate that style of point-and-click game. Um, There are spots in it where I got stuck, but it actually is not so complicated or hard to figure out that it, it, like, was a detriment to my experience. I did enjoy the game quite a bit. Very funny, great graphics. Either version, the original graphics or the new graphics, really good. Um, I like the voice acting in the new version of it. Um, But the story was funny, silly, great puns. Great characters, just just all around good time, and that was just a fun episode to do as well because we like went way into the story and just had fun joking around about it and having a good conversation. So 
that 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 podcast in general just really was a highlight for last year and it continues to be a highlight and gets me out of me just playing oh this big new game that i know i'm gonna like i'm gonna play that no let's go back and play something different something i probably would like but i never would have tried it if i wouldn't had this podcast to go forward with and last but not least we are going to talk about astrobot rescue mission for the vr really fun awesome it's one of the best platformers I've ever played besides like a Mario game. If 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 it was a Mario game, I would not be surprised if like Astrobot took his hood off and he was a Mario under there. I'd be like, alright, cool. Really cool use of the VR tech. Uh really nice use of distance and uh character, like walking around environment where you can look around and stuff. It's really interesting and unique when it comes to that. Really cool puzzle mechanics and it's just a fun platformer. Um didn't quite beat this one. i I feel like I'm like near the end. Uh I I've noticed that it's very hard for me to be in VR for more than two hours or I start getting a headache. So I think I'm, I like I was getting co- close to the end and I'm like, ah, oh, I want to beat this. But I'm oh. and then I took a break from it. and never went back. So that one in Beat Saber on my PSVR, like I put a lot of time into Beat Saber. That game is amazing. I love Beat Saber. So, yeah, I'm rambling now and just talking about games I like that are older. So I, I guess maybe I will wrap up. Um, I also played a lot of Minecraft. I played 50, 60 hours of Minecraft this year, um, especially in September. I played Metal Gear Solid 3 again for the Cartridge Club podcast. Love that game. Uh, Burnout Revenge. I kept popping back in there. But yeah, man. 2019 was a good year. When it came to games, um, I did feel like I missed out a lot on some of the bigger titles. But it is what it is. So, yeah, guys, I hope you guys appreciate it. Enjoy this long episode of the Frantic Thoughts podcast. Um, There will be some more coming up soon. I do have some plans for some episodes. So hopefully we'll be able to sit down in the next couple days and uh, or not next couple days, next week or so and bust out some more episodes for y'all because I I do enjoy the show and I felt like. I was missing something if I did not do some type of video game wrap-up show. I know this is late, but if you made it this far, I appreciate you. Come on Twitter, talk to me, go to cartridgeclub.org slash forum. Click on the Frantic Thoughts episode number 98, I think. Is it 98? I'm going to look. I'm looking. 99. This is episode 99. So the next one's episode 100. Holy crap. 100 episodes, which I probably, if I did the math... I was supposed to, if I would have done weekly, I would have hit episode 100 in like June of last year. So that's how far behind I got. It is what it is, but we're on episode 99. That's awesome. So go over to the Cartridge Club forums, click on that, talk to me over there. I'm on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. I have a phone on me all the time because I have a very tiring job where I need distractions so if you want to come and talk to me about some of these games or uh hey where what game was this or what what were you talking about here i'm I'm there let's talk about it i i think 2019 was a cool year i have a big backlog of games from that year still to go through and uh i look forward to 2020 because this year's gonna be crazy with new consoles and all that and we'll talk more about that in a future episode so thank you for listening uh do i have anything else to say i, th- I think that's about it because I do want to do a catch-up episode where I talk a little bit about my life, but I don't feel like it's uh, it pertains to this topic too well, and we already been going for a while. So I'm wrapping up here. Thank you for listening. I love you a lot, and I'll catch you on episode 100. Peace. <laughs>